welcome back to Operation History, a podcast where history is more than what you remember. We're back, folks. We have taken a short sabbatical because life gets in the way of our little podcast sometimes. Digital table is not filled. We are trying to get back on track of recording. So tonight we have David. Good evening, everybody. And me, Lauren. Uh, Derek and Maria could not join us tonight, but don't worry. We pulled off someone off the street to help us out. You have heard his voice before, and joining us is Lauren's roommate, Ethan. Hello! I'm an entity. Yay. So we are doing something a little bit different than what we usually do. Typically, we're going really into the archives and really deep diving into some serious stuff. But tonight, we are going to be talking about everyone's favorite nerdy game, Dungeons & Dragons. Before we dive too much into the game, how would you describe Dungeons and Dragons, Lauren and Ethan? I would I would describe Dungeons and Dragons as an on as as a tabletop RPG experience of the mind of theater, a melding of imagination and blatant gambling. It's fantasy role playing for people. That's how but- I. Like, that's a very basic, like, elevator pitch of what this is. Well, did, didn't you know that Dungeons & Dragons can lead to satanic rituals? Gambling? Cannibalism? Satanism? I hope so. That's a goal, right? I mean, we've played it. Nothing's ever happened like that. Uh, yeah. But what I am referencing um, is a young woman by the name of Miss Pulling in 1983, which kicked off uh, the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s um and at the beginning it was centered around dungeons and dragons which dungeons and dragons realistically has not been around that long uh it's been around since 1974 if you can believe it or not um and it was not the main game it was meant to be a sidekick Mm. Oh, how the tables have turned. Literally. Literally. Quite literally. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, when it came out in 1974, was paired uh, with a game called Chainmail. And D&D was supposed to give the storyline to the chain to the game Chainmail. Chainmail is just the regular old war zone. You're this character. You're this character. Go out and fight. D&D provided the backstory, which led to all that. Um, and in 18 months, now there's no major advertising for this game, anything like that. You just go into like your game store and pick it up. In 18 months, there was around 2,000 copies of it sold in the U.S. alone. I, I find it interesting just how, you know, the original form of, of Dungeons and Dragons very much has its roots in uh, war gaming, which you know, is something that has existed hundreds, I'm sure, of years. There have been people who are like, yes, I have this little man that represents an army, and I have this other little man that represents another little army, and they shall fight each other, and maybe it's representing real battles. Maybe my name is Napoleon Bonaparte. I don't know. But those sorts of games, war games have existed for quite a long time, 
Uh, and it's just interesting to see how uh, this sort of fantasy role-playing aspect is, is born out of it, out of the minds of uh, Gary Gygax and the other people who were involved with the creation of the original uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You know, really branched out from sitting around a coffee table and doing this simple backstory of like a video game that was just so involved and there's the books and the dice and the websites and the merch and all this stuff it's just so popular these days and like in schools there's a there's I don't know about where you're going to be teaching but I know when I was in high school there was a Dungeons and Dragons club. the schools I've taught taught I have not had Dungeons and Dragons club that I know of so I'm interested to see if the new place I'm going to uh, does. But what makes it interesting is that there's new interpretations of Dungeons and Dragons now. Like there's a Midwest version for the US. There's X, Y, and Z. They're coming out with books, with um, graphics and stuff like that for Dungeons and Dragons. So this has really kicked off. It's more than just a game now. It's an entire, you know, it's part of that pulp culture um that we've discussed in the past when it comes to you know all sorts of other things right and it, it really is interesting to see that it that explosion of, of popularity has really only occurred in the last i'd say the last decade or so possibly even less than uh with the introduction of dungeons and dragons fifth edition which is the current edition of Dungeons and Dragons. There have been numerous editions of the game throughout its history, but fifth edition does a lot to make the game accessible, simple, and easy to pick up and play. And in addition to that, simplifying of rules and making it streamlined and making it more accessible for more people, a lot of the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons in the last decade has to do with a lot of uh, online uh, Dungeons and Dragons shows, essentially, your critical roles, your the adventure zones, your Dimension 20s, and so on, Mad Pod, you know, there's all sorts of shows out there of people just playing the game, just sitting down and playing the game, and those are entertaining to a lot of people as someone who enjoys many of those sorts of shows, you know, it's very entertaining, and the more you watch shows like that, it was shows like that that got me into the game. And the same could be said about lots of, lots of, lots of the current player base. Um, and took Dungeons and Dragons from being this like weird little like, oh, I guess the nerds are over there pretending to be elves and dwarves and goblins and so like, on. Like starring as like Lord of the Rings LARPing basically. <laughs> Right. So this... It's, you know, where it starts off as sort of, in a weird way, kind of pseudo-Tolkien-esque, you know, fan fiction, uh, it really has turned into something something unique. And yeah, definitely a big part of pop culture, and, and that definitely starts in the, in the 80s, but I would say it really doesn't hit its full strength, just again. Mm -hmm. I think they're making a movie, right? They are. Are they making a there? Are they remastering or re coming out with one? I know they came out the one in, in the early 2000s, but 
No, they're making a whole new movie. It stars Chris Pine. And turns out our timing is impeccable because D&D just announced something today. Uh, I don't really. Know yeah, no. Uh, earlier at the time of this recording, uh, literally what was just announced earlier today is the newest iteration of Dungeons and Dragons. This is something that has been known in the community for some time but uh, they officially, uh, they being Wizards of the Coast, the company that produces Dungeons and Dragons has done so since uh, I think third edition, uh, they announced uh, what they are referring to as Dungeons and, one Dungeons and Dragons, one D&D, which is not so much a new addition. They're, they're making it very clear that this is an addition rather than an edition. This is something that is meant to be backwards compatible with uh, the various uh, source books uh, that exist uh, for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, but is utilizing uh, new rules that are meant to be uh, even more streamlined, more accessible, less rigid. A lot of the work that they've been doing in the last couple of years with the game is to make the game more accessible uh, make it less of uh, being stuck in sort of rigid rules and, and mindsets that sort of a holdover from older editions of the game where there are certain editions of Dungeons and Dragons where if you choose to be female, your strength is just automatically lowered. Stuff like that. Not great. Uh, and, you know, like, oh, I'm an orc, so therefore I have to have a negative intelligence score. Stuff like that, where it's, you know, to say racism isn't exactly right, because it's, it's fantastical. It's, these aren't real races, but it is in that sort of sense, like, saying that, well, just because you are this particular species, this means X, Y, and Z about your character. They're really trying to move away from that happened for the last say five or so years five six years they've really been uh, wizards of the coast and the team of uh, uh people of, uh, that work on dungeons and dragons have really been attempting to make that make the game as accessible and as possible i just got an email about it actually from D, &D beyond it's all coming together it is. I'm gonna have to double check. I'm gonna have to take a look at some of this uh stuff later in the day. I saw PC Gamer came out with a article on it a couple hours ago. Um yeah, so well it's literally something that's evolving as we speak. It wow. is, and that's the and I think that's the, the cool thing about it is it starts out in the beginning of it as something small, a sidekick companion. Uh, game and it morphs into the game to play and I think as time goes on and it keeps getting put into popular culture like Stranger Things um, and other um, major pop, pop culture or modern day pop culture um, shows and things it's going to just keep on having that birth of popularity I also think some of the some of the key things though also go along with the satanic panic which yeah. not covering it in this episode because it has its own life to live yes. uh, but I think that also 
um, plays a role in kind of the interest of people too. Why, excuse me, why are people so up in arms over this game? What's all the hullabaloo? Right, what's what's the problem? Yeah. But yeah, so as it, you know, as it keeps evolving, you know, it starts off something nice and small. Um, it's in multiple languages now. It's in mm. Danish, fin- uh, Finnish, German, Hebrew, Italian, Japanese, uh, Korean, Norwegian, Swedish are some of the big languages, at least where it starts going in 1983. Comes out for computers when Apple II comes out. Right. And it really took off during COVID because you can use these days things like Zoom or Discord or something online to do it. Um, Let me see. Overall, um, the company Wizards of the Coast uh, made... $816 $816 million in 2022. Which is not an insubstantial amount. Of- no, that's including uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, but D&D sales itself did jump um, 33% over the pandemic, which makes, I mean, that makes sense. Especially, you know, if you're at home and now there's like, Ethan was saying there's these shows that you can watch and you know with your friends you're like I you know I could do that in addition we live in a time period where there is a lot that is is happening and especially with uh COVID in 2020 there was just so much happening in the world that well, I can't go out to the store and I can't go out with my friends. I can't do this thing. I can't do that thing because, you know, of, of safety concerns and reasons such as that. And, you know, there's just so much going on in the world that it's much easier to just sit down and use your imagination to delve into the mystical realm of Faerun and fight as your wizard grandfather. And fights against the goblin horde, the king of of But there is certain a certain amount of I think the enjoyment of Dungeons and Dragons is the escapism aspect. Where, and it's funny that escapism is perhaps too negative of a connotation because it the what I admire most about Dungeons and Dragons is that it is uh, a realm that exists in the minds of those that play in it, which means that to a certain degree you are not limited by what is uh, currently able, what is currently able for you to do. Um, there, uh, I. I uh, an adventuring party with, I think it was uh, the, the uh, podcast Adventuring Party uh, by Brendan Lee Mulligan, uh, Dungeon Master, creator of Dimension 20, a show on Dropout. Oh, you remember company? Anyway, uh, uh, episode with, I believe it was Mollyfield Ostertag. They discuss about how, uh, in this episode, they discuss how Dungeons and Dragons, especially 5th edition, is widely um, played by, um, not exclusively, obviously, but it has very strong appeal to uh, members of the LGBTQ plus community because of the fact that you can play characters that might not be, and, and play characters in a way that 
if you were to be uh, that way in real life, you would perhaps have quite a lot of, of struggle. I'm not wording this in the best way, but essentially it allows you to explore different things that you might not be able to physically do, or it might be, you know, explore things that it's easier when it's a group of friends that you know to be like, ah, yes, my character is gay versus, and maybe also I'm gay, but I don't know that. I'm just going to explore that through this character. And then I can say, oh, well, this character's gay. It's just just the character. And, you know, maybe there isn't stigma against uh, homosexuality in, you know, this fantasy realm that you're playing in uh, versus real life where that's not the case. Dungeons and Dragons is cool. It is. And I, I just like how it keeps adding in uh, new things that it keeps. Um, it doesn't stand still. It evolves like society evolves, like everything else evolves. Um, it adds in new things. And I think, you know, that's why it's so going as long and as strong as it as it has been. Um, um, are you in the campaign right now, Dave? No, actually, as I'm I'm contemplating buying it on Steam uh, because they have it, I think, on there. Uh, no, the only one I'm playing right now um, is Deadwood, mm-hmm. uh, which is the a Midwest version of it. It's set in the United States post-Civil War. Nice. Um, I am, and I'm sure, Lauren, you're going to chuckle at this one. So my character name is Lambeard. Um, and it's a, what? yeah, I know. Shocker. Um, it's an indigenous shaman. So I deal with healing and all that. So um, that's my current character right now. Um, but I'm looking to expand a little bit more. So, yeah, if I ever get time to between all the other things, right. <laughs> but yeah, right now I'm only doing it's a like pasteurization of a childhood um book series. Do you remember the Warrior Cat series in elementary school? No. Okay, so that's fine. People out there listening, if you were in middle school in like the like early to mid 2000s, you'll maybe know what I'm talking about. So I'm DMing a game right now. Um, I'm hoping to revive because I had an idea for time traveling historians D&D campaign. You were going to be part of that, David, and then life got in the way, and I just quietly deleted the Discord group because <laughs> I didn't have time Well, <laughs> I think I sent you my stuff, like my name and all the stuff that I kind of, I wanted to build yeah. up. Life got in the way, but if <laughs> listeners, TM, 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 it's my idea. But you oh. can join if you want. <laughs> uh, I can... With my experience, I've been playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons for about five years now, uh, since late 2017. I've been playing in uh, one campaign uh, that's now become another campaign, uh, one same group of people for five years. I've been running my own game of D&D for uh, four years uh, and just recently started a new campaign. But the beauty of Dungeons and Dragons is that it, it spawned a whole genre of 
essentially like d20 systems i guess is what you would say where you roll a 20-sided dice and that determines various aspects uh, and just sort of fantasy role-playing role games in general uh, dungeons and dragons is still the definitive one i would say but certainly there are others like pathfinder and uh, uh kids on bikes other systems like that but i call it Hulu, other other Things, but what I like most about Dungeons and Dragons, and especially Fifth Edition, is just how versatile you can make it. You can take what is ostentatiously on at base on paper. You know, if you take just the base books, primarily a fantasy setting, a high fantasy setting with elves and dwarves and gnomes and all those sort of quote unquote standard fantasy archetypes but you can also take that and make it into you know you're playing a cat in the woods and uh you're doing different things or oh i'm uh in the american midwest and you know this is civil war era or you can the craziest i've seen is the dimension 20 season crown of candy uh which is very much a Game of Thrones-esque political machinations, uh, a king who is trying to fight for his life against assassination attempts and political maneuvering of all this craziness. And also, they're all food people. The main characters are all candy, and it's like candy land. Uh, and then there's also like fruit people and vegetable people and bread people, and it's genuinely fantastic and entertaining. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of crazy things you can do. Right now, I'm running a campaign which is set in the high fantasy realm of Massachusetts, uh, which is to say modern day 21st century uh, America. Not a standard fantasy setting, but the beauty of the system is that you can take it and you can place it and shape it to wherever you want. And that's the thing that I, I again, I just really love about these sorts of games, these sort of uh, online uh, or, or these sort of, uh, you know, games that involve role playing and, and all of that. It allows you to, the only limit is really your imagination. I think Dungeons Dragons has become a cornerstone of what most pe people think of when they think of role playing, dice playing games, and character building. It's not, you know, Skyrim has its own place in in video game land, um, but I think when it comes to board games or the foundations of it, I think Dungeons and Dragons is um, that cornerstone for us is you know when we think turnstiles character building all that it starts with Dungeons and dragons thank you so much for tuning into this episode uh thank you for being patient with us we're hoping to be uh, more active as we go back into the fall and everything uh please rate download review and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts um it's a small and simple thing that you can do to help out the show in the big way and we love um interacting with you guys and seeing that you guys are liking what we're doing uh if you would like to interact with us more directly you can reach us at our twitter instagram and facebook at operation hist that's operation h-i-s-t 
You can also shoot us an email at operationhistorypodcast at gmail.com, or you can view us on our website, operationhistorypodcast.wordpress.com, where all the sources and show notes from this episode will be uploaded when the episode does. Uh, thank you again for joining us, and this is Operation History signing off. Do 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 do